Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Today on the podcast, we sit down with Heidi Smith. Heidi is a psychosomatic therapist herbalist and flower essence practitioner based in the New York City area. She is also the author of The Bloom Book, a flower essence guide to cosmic balance. In The Bloom Book, Heidi shares her wisdom about the power and value of flowers and herbs for our health. In this conversation, we discuss Heidi's journey and commitment to healing and transformation. When Heidi left her previous career, she retreated into three years of academic and personal study. Then, after completing a master's in mental health counseling, she began an apprenticeship with Claudia Keel, an herbalist, nutritionist, and flower essence practitioner, and enrolled in the three-year clinical herbal medicine program. With the aid of her teachers, guides, community, and the plant kingdom, she formed her company, Moon and Bloom Integrative and Flower Essence Therapy. We loved this conversation with Heidi, and we hope you enjoy the episode. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Guys, I am so excited to share our new sponsor, Milk and Honey, with you because I have been using their baking soda-free deodorant exclusively for over two years. This gentle, aluminum-free, baking soda-free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. When I decided that I wanted to make the switch to a clean aluminum-free deodorant, I tried so many different brands, and each and every time I was plagued with those red itchy bumps under my arm on top of not feeling confident whatsoever that I did not smell. Milk and Honey not only never once gave me those pesky little red bumps, but also passed the smell test even after some of LA's toughest workout classes. This is my ride or die deodorant, and we are so excited to partner with them. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand, and in addition to clean deodorant, they also carry non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products like hydration creams, cleansers, soaps, body polish, and lots more that will make you feel nourished inside and out. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. We are so excited to share a new discount code with our listeners for Recess. Recess is a wellness and lifestyle brand that offers hemp-infused beverages designed to help people relax. An antidote to modern times, Recess offers us all a moment to reset and rebalance with their flavorful, unique combination of hemp extract and adaptogenic sparkling water made with real fruit. 
a wonderful alcohol alternative, or just a fun afternoon treat to keep you calm, cool, and collected. With flavors including blackberry chai, blood orange, black cherry, peach ginger, and pomegranate hibiscus, they offer six and 12 packs, subscriptions, and sampler packs for your enjoyment. My two favorite flavors are the coconut lime and the black cherry, but I truly love them all and can't recommend the sampler pack enough, which is where I started. To save 15% on all beverages or subscriptions, you can use code COURAGEOUS at checkout when you visit takearecess.com. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Heidi. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We're really looking forward to having this conversation with you. I think, you know, as we were saying pre-interview, we've never done an episode like this. So um, Erica and I are both excited to dive in. And before we get started and hear a little bit about your personal background and journey and how it's taken you um, into the work that you do, just to, you know, let everybody know you are a, um, you are a therapist and also a, an herbalist and a flower essence practitioner. You've written this beautiful book, but I know that flower essence as a form of plant medicine, um, is, is new. I don't know a lot about it. And I know Erica's new to it too. So if any of our listeners have never heard about that before, can you tell us what it is? Sure. Yeah. So flower essences are a type of plant and vibrational medicine. That's how I define them. So they are similar to homeopathy and that you are taking a plant, you're taking a flower at the height of its bloom and you're putting it in a bowl of water and you do a, a little ritual. And then the essence of that, that plant of that flower is imbued in the water and that becomes the medicine. So it is a type of, it's, it's like plant spirit medicine. It's very subtle. It's not like essential oils. They're, they're odorless and they come in a little bottle like this and you mix it with a little brandy, which is a preservative. And then you take drops of it under your tongue. So you take it orally. You can also apply it to your skin. You can put them in baths. They work really wonderfully with children and pets because there's no side effects. They're very safe. Thank you. I think that's, that's great. It's a great place to start. So how did you get into this world and in this line of work? As Ali shared, you're a psychosomatic therapist, a herbalist, and you are this flower essence practitioner. So what is your personal wellness journey? How did you find yourself in all of these worlds? Okay. So, I mean, probably like many of the people that you interview, like many of us, we were, I was, um, in a, in a period of really rapid growth, I had lost my brother to suicide and I had sought out, uh, a spiritual teacher. Her name is Jane Bell. And through our work together, studying ancient Egyptian mysticism, energy work, the psychosomatic um, approach that I use called focusing that kind of opened the door for me to healing on a different level. And um, shortly after meeting her, I decided to return to school. So I studied mental health counseling and that work was super uh, fascinating and rewarding. And I, I still found myself uh, seeking these deep answers to, to questions. And I wasn't really finding them in Western, in the Western mode. And so kind of serendipitously, I was given this book um, called Flower Essences and Vibrational Healing by my now husband. And it was like, I don't know if you've ever gotten a book and it's just like lights going on fireworks, like this is it arrows pointing like, okay, this is the bridge. This is what is going to bridge the counseling and the energy work to plant medicine. And so from there, um, things really just started opening up for me. 
Um, after grad school, I was lucky enough to apprentice with my flower essence teacher, Claudia Keel. And then I returned to school again to get a degree in herbalism. That was a three-year program at Arbor Vitae. And all of these worlds just started coming together. And I opened my private practice in 2014. And yeah, the work just keeps evolving and it's amazing. I've, I'm so grateful and, and humbled. And um, yes, I just published this book, The Bloom Book, A Flower Essence Guide to Cosmic Balance. And um, that is where I am today. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that with us. And also, I'm... Um... You know, I'm curious now that you've been a practitioner where you were able to sort of create um, a practice based on the different influences that you've had, um, whether it was your sort of Western schooling and then your herbalism and the flower essence practitioner or practice, um, how do you, how did you create for yourself as a practitioner with a private practice what does your process look like with the um, culmination of all these different sort of modalities that work together for you? Mm -hmm. Like how does my approach work? Yeah. Like if someone wanted to come and work with you, what is that, what is that process or that experience like? Sure. So the process itself is structured very much like traditional psychotherapy and I would meet with a person for an intake, which is a longer consultation. And I ask a lot of questions. Some of those questions might seem kind of strange. Like if, you know, what are your, what are your dreams like? And have you had any supernatural experiences? Um, and after getting a lot of information there, then we talk about what do you really want to address? What are you looking what are your objectives here? How can we work collaboratively? And then we would meet for ongoing sessions, either weekly or bi-weekly, um, sometimes monthly. Uh, I, I feel very strongly in making my work accessible for people. Um, and then, so part of the, the session would be for just processing what's coming up. And then there could be time to do the focusing, which is the psychosomatic integration. And then we also work with the flower essences and the herbs when, when appropriate and integrating the changes that are happening as a result of working with those plants, um, integrating those experiences. Because flower essences, I should say, so they're, they are, um, they are like herbs in that they are, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a form of plant medicine, but the, the thing about the feature about flower essences is that they are really working with us to enhance our consciousness. So they're intended to help you have breakthroughs and support um, complementarily whatever healing work that you're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think, you know, as you're talking, it was so, um, and as I was looking through your book, which is so beautiful and I want us to get into as well, but as you were talking and as I was listening to you, it just, I, I couldn't help but think how far removed we've gotten from like, as a society, right. Um, ourselves, the earth, the environment, plants, everything, just hearing us have this conversation about flower essence. And, and I was like, wow, like it wasn't even for myself, you know, Ali and I live in Los Angeles. I've always lived in a city and it was through the pandemic that I really started craving nature and grounding and, um, trees <laughs> and plants like you're talking about, but, um, I'm sure I know a little bit about how it affects, right? Like our gut microbiomes, the way we've removed ourselves from soil and nature. Um, but can you speak to like, for anybody listening, who's like, wow, I'm so removed from <laughs> nature and earth, how that does affect us in our daily lives and why it's important to connect with this aspect. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate that question, Erica. Thank you. Um, so I conceptualize health as a collective process and uh, a very interconnected process. So I don't really view my healing as separate from you or the earth. I see it as all very connected and you are correct that we are living in a tremendous time of separation from each other, from the earth, from the animals. And that impacts us in a, in a wide variety of ways. Um, I don't feel that we have evolved to be so separate from the earth. And you, you see, I know that you're both um, very much into nutrition. And so you understand how that impacts the, you know, the digestive system, for instance, and the immune system. Um, I think energetically, uh, it creates a lot of confusion in the body and dysregulation. Um, grounding in the earth is, is very healing. Um, the earth has a heartbeat. Uh, when we have our feet on the, the ground, or even when we set the intention to ground energetically, we can connect with that resonance. And that is a co-regulating experience. So that has an, a positive impact on our parasympathetic nervous system. Um, when we are not co-regulating, we are more likely to be dysregulated. Um, so that happens when we're isolated, when we're um, separate from each other, animals, plants. Um, beyond that, I think just on a spiritual level, um, most of us don't feel that we need to have a connection to the earth. So that isn't, that in itself is really alarming to me. We don't, we don't feel that the earth is sacred anymore. And it's very much, we're very much oriented around capitalism and optimization and, um, that's putting us all out of balance and it's a really serious situation. So there's a huge resurgence to going back to the land and land practices and plant medicine right now. It's very popular. It's very encouraging. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because people do recognize that we're, we're in trouble and um, we need to come into balance like immediately. Yeah. I think, thank you for sharing that. I think this sense of how you speak about it, we're inter, in a lot of ways, we really are interdependent or interconnected and um, not separate from each other or our environment or the planet. Um, can you, I'm curious, because you talk about this sort of spiritual aspect of um, flower essence, using flower essences mm -hmm. in sort of a holistic health, the way, you know, we approach health this way too, in this very sort of holistic way that it's not just one thing and it's not something, the body is not something that can be compartmentalized and that there's different aspects like our emotional and spiritual life. And Erica and I often talk about the way we met is through um, a shared Buddhist practice that we have. And yeah, and so, um, and that's definitely been a big part of our own, yeah, spiritual journeys, but like that, again, that's connected to everything. And I definitely think it's been a huge aspect of my own physical health journey too, to have that spiritual practice. Can you talk a little bit about, or share a little bit about your own journey with the spiritual component of your practice? Cause you've mentioned it a couple of times and I'm just curious, like as someone who came to this work, how did that evolve for you? Have you always been a spiritually connected person or do you feel like through the work um, that you came to that it, it developed? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say um, 
that I was brought up like a lot of people um, in the West, very, well, maybe not a lot, but um, it was brought up in a very conservative religious home and culture and parts, a lot of that didn't ever really resonate with me, but I was always very interested in the mystical. I was always very connected to nature and, and magic. And um, I guess when I moved to San Francisco after college, I was around a lot of people. It was, it was a more of a, a diverse environment, which was really fortunate for me. And I was exposed to a lot of different people, a lot of different backgrounds. Um, and that was really eye-opening because I realized that uh, there's a lot of variation in what you believe and why. And then I became very interested in wanting to know well, why do why do we believe what we believe? And maybe our beliefs are, and I get into this in my book, like maybe our beliefs are actually quite arbitrary and they control so much of how we feel and how we heal, then it seems pretty important for us to do a pretty thorough edit of what we believe and why. Um, so then, yeah, I started to question the nature of reality. Um, and my, my spiritual orientation, uh, I am very open about it. Um, I, I believe that nature is magic. I believe that the earth is alive. I believe that everything is energy. Um, I believe in the, 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 the roles of karma mm -hmm. and that we're here to learn lessons and we're here to evolve and help each other evolve and be of service. And this is not an easy time or place to live. I'm speaking as like a very white privileged woman, but it's still like not easy on this planet. Um, so my work is very much directly related to my, my spiritual orient orientation, which is, um, yeah, helping people wake up and evolve and be in our hearts. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And you mentioned something we really admire and respect about you, which I think is sometimes missing a lot in wellness in general, but I think also in the world of plant medicine is acknowledging your privilege and that, right. We are three white women on this phone call and we're talking about yeah. ancient indigenous plant medicines. And so can you speak to that as well? Because, um, it was something we, again, we're not very familiar with plant medicine, but of course, having a wellness podcast, I'd say the most common one that would continue to come up in interviews was ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, is, can you just speak to how we can navigate, right? That privilege and the fact that so many people in so many cultures don't have access to their own indigenous practices, but mm -hmm. so many white people are accessing it right now. And how, how do you work through that and work through that with your clients? Yeah. Thank you. So I was really like, again, like I was really lucky, um, being exposed to diversity and inclusivity early on in my, Hey, we're drinking the same sparkling water. Oh, if Cute. only our listeners <laughs> could see. <laughs> I, am, I am so addicted to this water. I like it's the it. best. I have I it downstairs. <laughs> when you took a sip, Allie, I was like, Ooh, I wish it's Gerald Steiner. For Water, anybody, for anyone listening, <laughs> my partner literally buys cases of them for us. Oh no. Like, so yeah, the problem. I know it's, it's very best. fancy too, but it's like so good. It's a, it's a nice, it's a good water. I get mine on Amazon, which I know Amazon has its own issues, but it's a little more cost. It's very high mineral content. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, okay. sorry to digress. No, no, I did it. Thank you. Um, yes, this is such an important topic. Um, and 
luckily, I would, when I was working with Jane, my my previous teacher, she she really had a foundation. You know, she grew up um, in California. She went to Berkeley in the '60s. Um, she had done anti-racism training, so. I was introduced to it at a really early stage in my in my training, which was such a blessing. And um, luckily, it's included in mental health counseling programs now. I mean, it's certainly not enough, but at least it's it's something. It's a start. And I think that for me, though, some of the ways that I feel committed, I am committed to um, bringing healing justice and social justice into my work is by A, studying it. So um, there's lots of literature available, um, staying up on current events, um, being part of different groups. Like I'm part of a a white anti-racism group in New York City. you ideally you do this training through the People's Institute of Survival and Beyond. They do a really excellent um, program if you're looking for that. Um, talking with your other with other people in your community, like how can you get involved? How can you give back? And how can you move it from more of an intellectual, like theoretical orientation to like being in action with it? And I think that over the summer that is what there was this shift that I felt. I don't know if you felt it, Um, but it went from, okay, like talking about it behind the scenes to, okay, we need to like have a, like an active reparations plan here. And this is how much of my income I'm gonna give to BIPOC organizations and practitioners a year. And I'm gonna elevate this many women of color a month. And um, that's been really exciting to see that shift. And um, I know for me personally, um, I can get overwhelmed sometimes with how my own perfectionism mm-hmm. in anti-racism work. I can tend to feel like, well, if I'm not going to do it perfectly, then I just kind of shut down. So that's a place that I have to continually keep uh, pushing through and also just working through the fragility, like these kind like right now, like I'm a little nervous talking about this, you know, um, we make ourselves vulnerable. We might say the wrong thing. We might do it wrong. Um, we might perpetrate, perpetrate harm that we're not meaning to. And so, um, continually building my resources to be able to work in this way is that's how I'm resourcing myself. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's something that Erica and I, even just through conversation, that was a commitment we had. It's not that like, it's interesting you're talking about sort of like, has there been a shift since everything, you know, this summer, um, it's interesting. We talk about often, and we did from the beginning of like getting into this sort of wellness world, which we found ourselves in, um, especially with the podcast, we realized, especially in Los Angeles, which we've done episodes on where it's like, why this is so inaccessible Yeah, for so many reasons, not, and race is one of them. Absolutely. But for so many reasons and discussing that and then starting to have conversation on the podcast about it and really going into it with different, um, uh, guests who have all different experiences. And we get to talk to like a beautifully, um, diverse group of people, practitioners in all different areas. But what we, what we started to challenge ourselves on and where our blind spot was is like, well, why are we avoiding calling out or just at having the conversation? Um, and this is why we were happy to talk to you about it because of your deep knowledge there. But where, where some people, especially like privileged white people who happen to have access because of the amount of like money and, and just power that they have in their fields. And I'm talking like, very, 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 very influential 
Yeah, no, it's a huge problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like kind of holding ourselves accountable to just say like, Hey, so cool. Thank you for sharing that part of your experience, but, um, tell us about X, Y, and Z. Tell us like, how do you reconcile this as a white man who has the access to this when some people don't like, how have you, and it's not from a place of judgment. It's from a place of like, I want to truly understand. And I also want to hold myself accountable to have those conversations and not be too afraid to have the conversation. Um, because like a fear of sort of ruffling someone's feathers if they're not like in the place to, you know, um, or if it's not comfortable for them, it's like, right. of like, it's okay to be uncomfortable. Like let's, let's have these conversations, you know? So it's, I think it's good for everybody like to be pushed in that way. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about our health coaching subscription service on Patreon. The Courageous Wellness Collective has expanded on Patreon to bring listeners and clients an all-access accessible platform to educate, inform, and create nutrition and lifestyle habits to meet your personal goals. For $8.99 a month, patrons will receive weekly video content on topics ranging from blood sugar stabilization, gut health, hormone balance, energy, sleep, skin health, how to shop the grocery store, pantry staples, and much more. Included, you'll also receive access to monthly virtual events, recipes, awesome giveaways, and special guest content too. With this subscription, you are guaranteed at least four pieces of fresh health coaching content each month. To learn more and become a patron, visit patreon.com forward slash courageous wellness or check out our show notes. We look forward to welcoming you to our coaching community. I'm glad we got to touch on that with you though, because you do really incorporate. It's very, um, it's, it's a, a part of your book. It's a part of your work. And I, th- I, I think it's like in a really important conversation that we can continue to have um, in the space of just like the blanket umbrella, we'll call it wellness, but in all these different modalities and practices. So, and um, really working through our fragility, as you mentioned, I think that's what it really is about. But, um, you know, something I wanted to ask you back to the book. And again, like you said, it's all connected, but you had some, when I was reading through it and it's, it's truly incredible. And actually, before I ask a question specifically from the book, can we talk about the book? How did it come about? Who is it for? Tell us everything book, and then we can start unpacking it from there. Okay. Thank you. Um, the book. So the book came about in the fall of 2016. I was approached by an editor at a publisher and she had seen an article that was in vanityfair.com that had featured me and she had seen my website and asked if I wanted to do a book. And that is not something that I had ever considered at that point. Um, but it sounded like an interesting challenge. So I said, okay, I'll put together a proposal and this will be a really good exercise for me to see how this works. And the original, this was a different publisher at that time. Um, they will remain unnamed (laughs) because that deal actually didn't come to fruition. I had to dissolve that deal. I did not have an agent at the time. And it was a big, actually, it was a big lesson for me in um, owning my worth and owning my value. So I had to dissolve that deal. And then I got an agent who is amazing, Meg Thompson. And then we connected with Sounds True in the spring of 2018. And they have been phenomenal. And so I was able to secure a deal with them and my also working with my illustrator, Chelsea Granger. She's also phenomenal. Um, So it was really like a dream team. And then by that time, most of the book was already completed and I just had to kind of reformat it. 
um, which was a very magical alchemical process. And that is how it came to be. And then it was um, delayed during COVID. So it came out during, came out in July of 2020. Um, it was delayed a few months. Um, so it's a bit of a strange time to be publishing a book, but I fully trust in divine timing. And uh, I know that it's it's here for a reason and it's it's got big work to do. Absolutely. And it is really beautiful too. On on top of all the wonderful content, I know you just mentioned your illustrator, but it's just like a gorgeous book. Um, Can you tell us a little bit, and I know you have a section in the book on this, but what is your intention for how people can use the book both individually and collectively? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this book is for anyone who is interested in flower essences or plant medicine. It's much more than a primer on flower essences. So it's kind of like, I kind of needed to lay out my whole orientation in this book. So that's why I spend time talking about the divine feminine. I talk about patriarchy. I talk about um, cultural appropriation and racism in plant medicine, because I think all of those need to be dismantled collectively so that we can address where we're holding duality inside of ourselves. So that's like one layer of it. Um, And if you can get through the first two chapters, then you're you're really great because the third chapter is all about flower essences. And what they are and how to use them, um, how to integrate them into a healing practice that you might already have. Um, it really gives you all the information you need to make them your own. So you on your own. So you can you can buy flower essences from producers. You might have seen them at health food stores or um, you all have Air One, which is so amazing. I know they have a lot there. Um, but you can also make your own and they're super low impact. They do not require a lot of plant material to make them. So they're very safe for the earth. Um, yeah, and for anyone who's really, who's up for digging beneath the surface, I'm not interested in talking about plant medicine in a this for that way. I think we're evolving past that. I think that, um, we're more advanced. We need books that are shifting, are going to help us shift our own consciousness. Something else I really enjoyed was you have lots of, um, tips and tools for grounding, you know, like it's, it's very practical as well, which I liked about your book. Um, but one part in particular spoke to me because I'm very, um, sensitive and I have a lot of anxiety Mm. and, um, you had like, uh, protective practices, protective rituals. And I know a lot of people ask about that. Like, how do we protect our energy? How do we protect ourselves? So I just, for any of our listeners who are interested in that, I especially think in this heightened time, um, can you walk us through some of the things you'd recommend and maybe some of the things you talk about in the book as well? Sure. Yeah. I love that question. I just want to actually open up to, I think you're talking about the page in the, in the back of the book, um, maybe the, the last chapter for protection. So when I was writing this book, I was in a place where I did feel like I needed a lot of protection. Um, so the book kind of reflects that place in my consciousness And, um, this book does, I think flower essences really do appeal to highly sensitive people and empaths. Um, and so, and I, and I have a lot of clients that, that feel that way too. So protection is very fundamental to all healing work in my opinion, because it goes along with safety. Um, and we have to feel safe in order to heal. And I've learned that 
we need to be healing kind of from the, the ground up. So thinking about our first chakra, second, third. And so our, our root chakra is the closest to the earth. Um, it, is, it is how we're able to ground. So um, I always include when I'm working with clients in the beginning of a session, I'll always do a grounding and a prayer with their permission. Um, and I think that creating a safe contained space is foundational to, to my work. Also, the other thing with safety is that if I'm going to be making myself, if I'm going to claim to create a safe space for people, that's like even more reason that I have to be aware of like my own privilege and where I might be perpetuating harm. So that kind of goes along with it. But in terms of creating more of a safe space and how to bring protection into our lives, I, I think grounding, first of all. So um, that could look like walking barefoot in your backyard or on the beach if you have access to that. If you don't, um, can you just look downward or close your eyes if that feels comfortable, feel your feet on the earth, feel your root grounding in the earth. I have a grounding ritual in my book. Um, so getting really close to the earth's frequency. Um, and then I also like to take Epsom salt baths. I think they're really purifying and so that they, they can clear the auric field. Cause a lot of times, so we have these like subtle bodies around our physical bodies and they need upkeep and care just like our physical bodies. So um, I think baths are a great option for that. I'm a big fan of black tourmaline as a stone. I like smoky quartz as a stone. Um, rose quartz is really nice. Um, and then there's a few flower essences that I always have on hand. So I have like a little protection blend here and that has, um, do you wanna talk, can I talk a little bit about like protected plants? Yeah, absolutely. We'd love okay. to. So plant medicine, as it evolved as a healing modality, flower essences, um, sometimes they have the same indications as herbal medicine, and sometimes they're different, but in plant medicine, a lot of the times we can understand how a plant heals based on its signature. So that's the way that a plant is responding to its environment. And so there's a lot of protective plant flower essences that are also known historically as being protective plants in, in other traditions. So some of the ones that I rely upon a lot are all plants in the yarrow family. Yarrow is a very hardy uh, flower. It grows all over America. It comes in different varieties, gold, white, pink, purple, um, all of the yarrows. I love rue for protection. Rue is a four-petaled yellow flower. In the Celtic tradition, it was highly protective against evil. Um, garlic, uh, it sounds silly, it might sound silly, um, but it is repelling of parasitic energies that might be circulating inside your field. Um, pennyroyal, another one when you're feeling, um, like a lot of people who are really sensitive can feel when they have negative energy directed at them, psychic attack. So mountain pennyroyal is, um, for that. And what else? There's, there's more, but those are, those are my main, my main ones. Oh, and Angelica, Angelica, I use Angelica all the time. Um, it's beautiful white plant has a hollow stem and it's for connecting to your angels and guides. And it creates a beautiful ceiling 
around the energy field so that you feel safe. Oh, I love that. I'm really going to study that section and chapter because, um, just even listening to you, I'm like, I want all of that in my <laughs> life. So thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this actually segues in well to, we, we always ask three questions sort of as we start to wrap up, um, for all of our guests, but as you are sharing more specific uses for these plants and these flowers, mm-hmm. um, I'm curious, which is our first question. What does your daily self-care practice look like? Do you have any non-negotiables for, um, you know, for protecting your own energy or, or what, or what you might just enjoy that helps support you for the day and also helps support you as a practitioner who needs to show up, um, with a certain energy to help create those safe environments for others. Yeah. So that's a big part of my professional practice is my personal spiritual practice. And ideally that starts with me waking up early in the morning and I will have, I will drink a large warm water with lemon juice. And then I will drink coffee because I love coffee. And sometimes I will put milky oats and chaga in there and a little bit of coconut oil and I pray. Prayer is very important to me. Um, so I have, my husband and I have little like altars in our office here, his and hers. Um, and I will sit and say my prayers. My prayers are, I'm actually working on like kind of a new project around prayer. Um, they're always evolving, but I'm always praying for kind of everything. <laughs> um, And that, that feels like a beautiful way to start my day. And I'll do a little meditation. If I have time, I'll go on a walk or run, um, do some stretching. Um, it's been really hard in COVID not doing my normal like yoga classes and being in that community. So, um, I do to try to do like an online class sometimes, And then I'll kind of dive right into my work, either writing or following up with clients or meeting face-to-face with clients remotely. And in between each client, I usually do some kind of like light clearing. I'll take a flower essence. Um, I might do some more stretching. And then at the end of the day, um, my husband and I have dinner and I might take a bath. Um, might light a candle. It's pretty, it sounds kind of boring as I'm saying it all. It's very simple, but it's very healing to me. No, thank you for sharing. That was just wonderful to hear about. I love hearing everyone's answer to that question. It's so wonderful. Um, our next question is what does being courageous mean to you? Ooh, yeah, I love this question. Um, Being courageous to me means staying connected to your heart and fighting for justice in all the ways that you are resourced to do so. That's a great answer. Thank you. And uh, our final question, and you've already touched on this a little bit, so I'll open it up um, if there's anything else you want to share is do you have a book that's been particularly meaningful to you over the course of your um, work and your own personal journey? And I know you mentioned the one um, earlier in our conversation that you were given. Mm. And then of course you have this beautiful book for all of us, but are there any other books you'd like to share that have been particularly meaningful? Um, Oh my goodness. There are so many. I have a few on my bookshelf right here. Um, I mean, the book that really started it all with the flower essences, this was a book that my aunt Virginia gave me. This is called Plant Spirit Medicine by Elliot Cowan. And my aunt Virginia is a wonderfully talented artist and acupuncturist and herbalist. And this book really got me interested in plant medicine for the first time. And then a few months later, my husband gave me this book 
Flower Essences and Vibrational Healing by Guru Das. This is a really far out book. It's channeled. Um, I don't, I do not um, sanction everything in this book. Some of, some of this stuff is like, I, I don't know, but it's, it's very radical, this book. So just know that if you're, if you open this book, interesting things are going to happen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing everything on this conversation today. So much appreciation for you and your journey and your story. Um, if anyone wants to find you, buy your book, work with you, where can they do that? Oh, yes. So um, my website is called is moonandbloom.com. And I'm not currently seeing new clients, but I do have a bit of a wait list. If you want to sign up, you can do that there. And I teach regularly online. Um, my Instagram is moon and bloom. You can connect with me there. And it's been such an honor to be able to connect with you all. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.